because my brain is so fried right now because I literally just got off of work. True. And... Could have gave you some more time. No, it's fine because, like, I'm really tired and I'm like, if we do this any later, I'm not going to want to do it at all. And we're already doing this super last minute because the episode comes out tomorrow. So, it's okay. This is true. Yeah. Well, okay, this week has just... I've been so tired this week. I don't know why. But, like, driving to work is, like, a struggle because I am so tired. And then I, like, dozed off a couple of times coming home. And I'm just, like, I don't... I don't know why this is so difficult for me all of a sudden. So, I don't know. This week is just... It's been rough. But it's, but it's okay because... I'm going to tell you a really fun story. Yeah, no. I mean, she told me, she's like, yeah, so I dozed off a couple times on the way to work. And I'm just like, George. I didn't die. I made sure I didn't close my eyes unless my car was stopped. People just honked at me when the light turned green and I didn't move. <laughs> it's okay. We're having another snow, a snowgeddon or a snowmageddon. Whoa, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. We're not there yet. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're not there, but it is snowing and icing. You know, the running. So one of the coaches asked me, I text him and said, he's saying like, so what are the chances of us going to school tomorrow? I'm like, so everybody else is shutting down. So we're probably going to school tomorrow. <laughs> and then you didn't. No, we're talking about tomorrow, like Friday. Oh. Yeah, all of the schools here are closed down today and tomorrow. So y'all have actual snow. We're just like really cold. And honestly, some of the ice is actually, I mean, some of the stuff is actually sticking on my car. I looked and I was like, oh, my car's just got ice drip all over. I mean, I like, you know, not ice drip. Wow. Water all over. And I pulled the handle and I was like, oh, some of this is frozen on here. We opened the door to let the cats out. To see if, like, they wanted to go play in the snow. And both of the cats were just horribly unimpressed. They were like, mm, no, I'm good. But, yeah, so it rained last night. And then froze. And then it continued raining. So then it turned into freezing rain. And then into sleet. And then this morning, it was sleeting and snowing. And then it went to snowing. And it snowed for most of the day. I think right now it's drizzling. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not raining or snowing right now. But there is a bunch of ice and it's not going to get above freezing until like tomorrow evening. Which tomorrow's my off ready anyway. So like I wasn't going to work anyway tomorrow. But I, uh told my boss this morning I was not driving because I was scared that like I'd get all the way to work and then I wouldn't be able to get home mm-hmm. and I was like if I get stuck up here and I can't go home after work I'm gonna be real pissed you don't drive so I just notice. yeah so I just didn't go home or I just didn't go to work no, we were at the we were sitting there and everyone was closing then the elementary closed first and we're just sitting there at the like girls basketball game just waiting waiting 
waiting. And it's just like, you know what? It's like, it's like, <laughs> we probably won't know till like last minute. I'm like, I need to know now. Because it's like, that would be a different me, between me keeping my alarm on and going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy God. And finally, they like, all of a sudden, the principal came, y'all get my text? And we're like, yes. It's like, so we're gonna go, it's like, so, and then, and then we start asking, do we have to go into, like, June yet? It's like, no, we actually, we're pretty good. It's like, if we took off Friday also, we would still have a couple extra days. Because we had started, because of when we started. Mm-hmm. And when everybody else had, like, the first COVID closure around us and we didn't close, um, that kind of helped us out there, too. Yeah. It's been a heck of a time. Getting ready Making our playoff push, getting ready for track at the same time, and not gonna lie, I told Jordan, I said, so I kind of felt overwhelmed with the track meeting because there was a lot of information. Most of it, I don't even go at least half, I already knew, but it was presented in such a way that kind of like was a lot at once, and then I started like panicking, and I'm just like, I'm fine, just gotta focus. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you gotta coach triple jump, which is fine, everybody gets an event, but I'm like, God. Why in the world is this like? Because for some of us, it's something we've never done before, and I'm just like, in my case, I've never ever done triple jump because a lot of the high schools like it was relays and sprint. That was it. I'm sorry, wasn't a jumper. I should have been a jumper, but I'm like, nah. So I'm like, I tried to do pole vault once, and that was it. See, Arthur, you out your mind. <laughs> I was out my mind. It did not work. Girl went up. No, girl pole went up. Jordan did not. Anyway. What in the world? No, Jordan went up, but Jordan hit the pole. Oh. Like, slammed into the pole and could never get over it. I, I might have definitely died if I did. It would have been, been bad, Jordan. If I had seen that, I, I would I would have never yeah. told you until, like, in the future, when it's like, hey, were you that girl? And it's like, you like, yeah, that was me. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I still think about that to this day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I never competed because the couple of times that we had, like, test, like, the events. Like, we could all, like, kind of just run around and try out events until we found one we liked or that we were good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, let me try pole vault because, like, I'm a tumbler and I'm a cheerleader and, like, I could do this. I could not do it. I don't understand how that how that thought process made any sense. But then again, I, I don't. I guess at the same time, I get it because you're used to like in the air stuff. Yeah, like I was like, okay, so instead of having a person like throw me in the air or like throwing myself, you know, like flipping, you know, and propelling myself into the air, like I have the like added momentum and height and power with this pole. But, like, I could never position it right to, like, give myself enough. I don't know. It was it was bad. And the coaches were like, you can get it. Like, you'll get it eventually. And I'm like, I am not competing in this in front of people. Like, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is not going to happen. I will run your relay and that's it. And then I texted Jordan. I texted Jordan. I was like, our district is different. And she's like, I don't know what that means. And I did. I gave her, like, the brief rundown, but then, like, Jordan's old school's on it, which I was like, huh? Because, like, everyone else we kind of talked about and we were sure it was going to be on there anyway, and we kept one team from our last district, which was 
the game Jordan actually went to, actually ended up going to. Um, but it was just funny. I was like, I said, oh my gosh, like everybody else in here, it's kind of like subpar, and it's just like or basic average. Like we have a fighting chance against all of them, and then like her team, like the team, like Beckville was um so now I'm like oh you know they went twelve and one last year and Jordan was like what I was like yeah no I don't know what's in the water this year but they were really good we were never that good we were never that good at anything I think the like our baseball and softball teams like went to state like twice maybe and that was it yeah no I don't remember I just like it was just funny because like she said we were never that good and I go back and look and they've been like three and eight two I mean like two and eight two and eight five and five five and five four and six and I'm just like where did this 12 wins come from? Yeah, they must have got some new, like, freshmen in or something that could run the ball. Because, I mean, like, we had some really good coaches when I was in high school, and, like, our boys could still not win. Like, you could have the greatest coach in the world, but if you don't have good players or decent players, like, there's no amount of coaching that can make them better. So, I don't know. Maybe they were juicing. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And then it's Beckful. That it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. And then like our volleyball district came out, and there's only four teams in our volleyball district. And if anybody doesn't know anything, four teams go to playoffs. So without even playing a game, our volleyball team's going to playoffs. Okay. Like we'll take it. We'll take it. Ba- yeah. yeah. Basketball. We got some guys we've already played and everything else. And I'm like this. We'll be fine. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run some things, but no. That's right. Jordan's had a good rough couple of days. Been making me panic a little bit, but it's fine. Hmm. It's fine. I'm just like sitting there and she's like, I've already vented. I'm like, alright, as long as you got out to somebody. Yeah. I like texted my therapist too and I was like, so this happened and like now I don't know what to do. And then uh, then this other thing happened, and it was really stupid. So, like, when – because we knew that the winter storm was going to come through, like, last week. But nobody really, like, I guess thought about how bad it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a prepper. I don't like to be caught with my pants down. I don't like not being prepared – to survive okay like it's not how I was raised I was in Girl Scouts like I prep okay so I put in an or like a grocery order uh just for like a few like a few things which also it was Lunar New Year this week and I'm taking uh Korean so like I was planning on celebrating on Tuesday the Lunar New Year and so like I made some Korean food the traditional um, soup that they eat, uh, I do not like it, so I did not make that. I made something else. Um, so, like, I put in a grocery order at the Kroger up the road from my apartment because they had some stuff that I could use to make the food that I was going to make because I didn't want to go to the to the H Mart because it was Lunar New Year and that place was going to be a flipping madhouse. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll just, like, substitute a few things and just get what I can from from Kroger. But because the winter storm was going to come, 
I was like, I should also probably get some more fruit and some like just emergency snacks. So like we have some food in case the electricity does go out. Um, because in Texas it doesn't like our electricity grid cannot handle the cold very well. Apparently, mm -hmm. um, it flickered this morning some, but that was it. I set the pickup for between five and six because I was like, okay, if I leave at five, I can make it to the Kroger by my house by 545. And then I could do my pickup and I'll have like 15 minutes to play with. Well, then they called me at like 430 and told me that they were running behind. And that it probably, it might be 6.37 before it's ready. And I was kind of upset. And I, But I was like, you know, whatever. Because the night before, I left work at 6. And I had all these other errands to run. So, like, I didn't get home until 8 o'clock. And I still had, like, stuff for the podcast to do. I had other things that I had to get done for class. And I, like, needed to clean the kitchen, which I ended up not doing. And... So, like, Tuesday, I kind of just wanted to come home, pick up the groceries, cook, and just chill with uh, Thea and Melanie. And that did not happen. Which, I mean, it kind of did, but it also kind of didn't. So, I leave. Uh, but then I get a text message from Kroger saying that my order's ready at, like, 4.45. No. Okay. So, I think they called me and told me they were behind at, like, 3.30. And then at, like, 4 45-ish, they told me that it, I got the text message saying it was ready for pickup. And I was like, what? And I had already started something at work thinking I was just going to hang out until 5.36 o'clock. But no. So I like had to hurry up and finish what I was doing. Get out of work before somebody could like notice me and stop me and like distract me. Get out to my car. And I put the address for Kroger into the Google Maps and I was like, okay, find me the fastest way there. So it takes me a different way than when I normally go home. Because it was faster. And there was no toll roads or nothing. But it apparently was faster to go this way. But then I get started on that route. And it goes from 32 minutes to 55. <laughs> and I was like, what the F? Like, what the actual F is going on here? So I was so mad. So I told it to, like, recalculate and find me a different route. So it finds me a faster route. And I don't know how many people listen to this and, like, actually know the Dallas DFW area. So I work in Hearst. I mean, it's technically Fort Worth, but, like, I work off of Highway 10 in Hearst. And I usually take 121 all the way into uh, Carrollton, where my apartment is. Um, well, I take the 121 to 35, and then that takes me to my apartment. Um, sort of, because I'm not about to triangulate where I live. But um, <laughs> those are the two major highways that I take to and from work. Well, Google was telling me to take 183 down to Highway 12, and then get on 35 and take 35 up. Because when I take 121, I take that kind of north. And then get on 35 and go south for a little bit. And then turn on the roads that I need to turn on to get home. But Tuesday, it took me east on 183 to Highway 12. Which then took me north to 35. And so I got on... 
uh, and it wanted me to go north on 35 until I got to wherever I needed to go. Well, before I even got to Highway 12, it was like, oh, now it's 55 minutes away from this Kroger. And I was like, what? That is unacceptable. I don't think so. So when I told it to find me a different route, it still took me up on Highway 12. But instead of, like, merging on to 35, it took me to Harry Hines. And I, like, basically went through, like, the sketchy part of Dallas off of Harry Hines Boulevard where, like, all of, like, the, like, fabric shops and the, like, weird furniture stores are, and, uh, there's some sex workers that hang around, you know, like. It's absolutely Yeah, like, I mean, like, it's just that part of town. Okay, but it, like, took me five miles out of my way to go around whatever traffic was clogging up 35. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, because Harry Hines is not a highway, I still caught, I caught every single red light. So I pull up in Kroger, finally, at 620. Like 620, 25-ish. Well, I'd never been to this Kroger before, and they don't have, like, parking spots for the drive-up. It's lanes. Ew. Yeah. And so I pull up in the lane, and there's a car in front of me. And then there's the lane beside on either side of me as well. And there was no cars on either side of me, but there was a car in the lane in front of me and then a car in the lane behind me. So, like, I was blocked in. And there was nobody in the car in front of me. And the car that pulled up behind me got out of their car and they went inside. And then somebody came out of Kroger with a buggy full of stuff and got in the car that was in the lane in front of me. So I thought I was supposed to go inside to pick up my order. And maybe, like, it wasn't drive-up or whatever. So I go inside, and it's packed. And I couldn't find anybody to ask. I finally, like, flag someone down to be like, where's the pickup? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, people were getting out of their cars and going in. Do it, like what like what is going on and so she was like uh let me call the 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 pickup order people so we called them and they basically were like no you stay in your car we've already put your order back because we took it out and you weren't there and i was like but there's people in that lane that went inside and i was confused and i tried to call the number on the the like the app for the pickup people or for like the drive up order people and nobody picked up. So I went inside and there's not like a, a sign or like a section of the store that said pickup or like online orders or whatever. So I had to wait for them to basically redo my order. Cause they had already like put it, taken it out of the bags to be restocked. Mm-hmm. So they had to rebag it. But then, like, I was really frustrated because the person that I had been speaking to was kind of rude. And so then, like, the security officer comes over and, like, you know, once I get back in my car and is like, hey, is everything okay? You know, like, did did something happen? You know, he's just curious and making sure everything's okay. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I just got confused because this is my first time at this Kroger and I pulled into this lane and... The person who pulled up behind me in the drive-up lane got out of her car and went inside, and the person in front of me 
wasn't in her car when she, when I got here and she came out of the store and loaded her car with a giant buggy full of stuff. So I thought maybe I was supposed to pick it up inside somewhere. And he was just like, oh no, like they bring it out to you. Those people shouldn't have been parking here. So then the lady behind me got like a citation or some sort of ticket or something. Mm -mm. And she got mad at me. Because like I had to sit there and wait another 20 minutes for them to redo my order. Yep. So, like, I was still in the lane when she came out and found, like, a ticket on her car. <laughs> and, like, she got in trouble for parking in that lane. And, like, I get that it's closer, but it's not like it was freezing cold and you had kids or you were handicapped and the handicapped spots were full. Like, they literally were just being lazy and parking in the drive through lanes. And I'm like, well, like, I wouldn't have been able to get out. Because they were parked in front and behind me. And so it was just this whole thing. And it was so stupid. And then. Trying to get. I don't know. It was just. It was a bad day. Sounds like a bad day. It was a bad day. Like I was just. I was over it. And then. Because there was some stuff that happened at work. And I was just not having it. I was just not about it. Oh yeah. No. Yesterday was a stressful time because Jordan's talking about stuff that's happening at work that's stressing her out, and then I'm having to have a help. I have a whole meeting and I'm getting stressed out. Cause I know what the meeting involves, and then like I have the meeting, find out some stuff happened that we both agree was out of my control, but it just made things harder for me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! So I'm just like, you know, this might be a sign. I was like, but we're chilling right now. Yep. Yep, same thing for me. Like, can't do anything about it. Just gonna have to, like, focus on the right here and right now. Because I'm gonna get overwhelmed. And then my grandpa texted me today and was like, maybe you should join a singles program at a church. And I was like, I'm too overwhelmed to do anything of that caliber right now. Like... I like I I can't like I'm too tired I don't have the energy I'm dealing with some medical stuff I like work is fine I have a new project to keep me busy but there's like other things that I'm stressed out about that have to do with work Mm -hmm. and like I can't add a new person to my social circle right now like I just I can't do that so and I don't know like I I was the only person working today Mm. like I know Two other people were logged in at one point, but, like, then they were offline for the rest of the day at, like, 1.30, and nothing was getting done in the queue. And so, like, I ended up having to, like, completely switch gears and work stuff that I don't normally work because nobody else was on. And that involved a lot of math, and I was very tired, and I was like, I don't, my brain, uh, hmm. So... It's it's been a week. I'm glad it's over because tomorrow's my off Friday, so like I don't have to work tomorrow. Well, at least at least you don't. We haven't got the okay if we are or aren't yet. Every other school around us kind of did, except for one. They're they're starting an hour late. I'm just like, if y'all do that, I might go crazy. Because <laughs> I will show up an hour late because I have no I will have no first period class. Mm-hmm. Like we would literally start school during my conference period, which would which would defeat the point. I'm just like, it's all good. <sighs> okay, 
So we're going to have to stumble through this episode together then because the story that I'm going to talk about, I love this story. I love, it's a haunted object and it's one of my favorite stories, but a lot more information has come to light as of recently and so like I had to fact check myself on a couple of things, but because I'm tired, my notes are scattered everywhere. (laughs) You know what's tired when the when the organized one of us is not organized at all. Mm-hmm. Cause I tried to like type them up, but I like couldn't concentrate long enough to like make them coherent and cohesive and in an outline that made sense. And I just kept like remembering certain things that I forgot to write down when I was like watching, you know, things on YouTube or Discovery Plus. Or, like, I listened to a bunch of podcasts to refresh my memory on it. And I would, like, remember things that I didn't write down. So, there's just, like, I had, like, five different pages from five different notebooks that I was, like, trying to put together in a way that, like, I wouldn't sound like a complete disaster. And I did. I did. I sat down and I did that last night since we didn't record. And it's in the same notebook. It's still, like, five pages, but it's that's fine. Shit, I need one more page. <laughs> I lied. I totally lied. I printed stuff out at work yesterday because I got tired of writing by hand. I understand. So I, like, printed some stuff out. Okay. That's a lot of stuff. Oh, shit. Okay, this might be a really long episode. Oh, God. But it's, but it's okay. It's okay. So, I'm going to tell you... Oh, man. I really hate the new iPhones. Because they did away with the, the home button. So, now to take a screenshot, you press the, like, volume button and the lock button. And so, like, if I pick up my phone and touch those, it takes a screenshot. So I have a million screenshots of just, like, nothing on my phone. Really glad I don't have the new iPhone. Yeah. I mean, it's a great phone. I love it. The The camera's great. Uh, I also dropped my phone in the toilet yesterday morning. She told me that, and I was just like, how? And then she's like, it was in my back pocket. And I forgot. I was like, honestly, makes sense. That's, like, the most common. I don't ever put my phone in my back pocket in the mornings. Like, I don't. Why. Now we know why. Yeah, and I just, I just did. I. It's okay. That's like the most like I said, common way someone does it. But it's just so funny because er- I think about everybody that does it, and they tell me that's how they dropped it, and I'm just like, force of habit tells me to put it in in one of my front pockets, and it's usually particularly the left one. No reason. It's just what I do. And then it's just like, it's like I thought about it one time, and I'm like, I had no back pockets. So I was like, it probably saved my phone. Yeah, I didn't have any front pockets, so, like, I stuck it in my back pocket to, like, go out into the living room and, like, gather my stuff, but then I remembered I had to pee, and so, like, I went to go to the bathroom, and I forgot my phone was in my pocket, because I, like, had remembered thinking, okay, I need to put this in my purse. I don't know. But the new iPhone, or it's not new, it's the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is, like, a year old by now, um, if not older but they're water resistant (laughs) so dropping it in the toilet did it didn't damage it at all my speakers sound fine it's fine 
But yeah, that, that's how my day started yesterday, which is why I was like, can we just record tomorrow? Because I, I cannot right now. Yeah, she told me that, and I like played my game for a little bit. And I mean just like a little bit, and then I turned around and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the Dybbuk box. The who's it? The Dybbuk box. D-Y-B-B-U-K. That made it no better about, like, I was sitting there, I was like, you said it, and I, like, you spelled it, I'm like, yeah, no, we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> okay. So, the Dybbuk box is actually a very popular paranormal item in the paranormal research world. Um, it's very well known. I mean, it's, it's pretty famous. Uh, it is what inspired the movie The Possession, which I have seen, and I remember it being kind of good, but it, like, wasn't that scary, but I think it's because, like, I knew the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the word dibik comes from a Jewish verb that means to cling, so, like, a dibik is a concept from jewish mythology it's like a disembodied human spirit that they they think because it of its former sins it just like wanders restlessly until it finds a human to attach to like a living body of a person um but the interesting thing is is that beliefs in the in dibbiks didn't arise in, like, Jewish religion until the 16th and 17th century. Um, and they weren't, I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, the word Dybbuk is not in their their Bible. It's not in the Kabbal or, I think that's what the Hebrew Bible is. I did Google it, but I don't remember. Anyways, so a Dybbuk is basically a malevolent spirit that attaches itself or clings to a living person. And often it's associated with people that had nervous or mental disorders, kind of like possessions, how like people thought that people that had a mental disability of some sort, like schizophrenia or whatever, that they were possessed by a demon. This is basically the Jewish form of that. Um, So people with nervous or mental disorders were taken to a... Baal Shem, Baal Shem, it's B-A apostrophe A-L, I know nothing about Hebrew at all, so I'm very sorry if I butcher all of this, um, but basically a Baal Shem is a miracle working rabbi, and they perform an, an exorcism, basically, to separate this Dybbuk from the person, but this is a Dybbuk box that I'm going to tell you about, and it's actually really rare for a Dybbuk to attach itself to an object and not a human, but this Dybbuk box, this, the Dybbuk was trapped in it. Like, it didn't choose to cling to an object. Um, I think it's been recorded that, like, a Dybbuk can attach to an object, but it's very, very rare, but in this instance, it was trapped in this box. Um, 
So the word Dybbuk, it, you know, comes from a Hebrew verb that means to cling, but the same word in the Jewish language is also used to describe the cleaving of a pious soul to God. So the word in and of itself is an oxymoron. Like, it's a mirror image. So it's used for both instances of saying, like, an evil spirit is attaching to something or you're tearing something away from God. According to jewishvirtuallibrary.org, the term dibbic doesn't appear in either the uh, Talmudic nor the Kabbalah. Um, so those are the two Jewish texts that I told you I googled. Um, so the term that the, that those that the two texts use is evil spirit. The term dibbic was introduced into literature in the 17th century, um, and it stemmed from a language that was spoken by German and Polish Jews. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like appears in literature. It's not in any of the religious texts, so it's a controversial thing, but it's basically just another word for an evil spirit. Like, it's not a specific spirit that, you know, like, like a djinn. Yeah. You know, like a djinn is a spirit that, like, does a very specific thing. Like, this is just an evil spirit that, like, basically wants to possess a human. Which is basically what most evil spirits, according to religion, want to do anyway. Yeah. So... Uh, the box that's known as the Dybbuk box is actually a 100-year-old wine cabinet. So I don't know why it's called the Dybbuk box, because it's not really a box. It's a wine cabinet. I mean, I guess you could see it as a really big box. I mean, it is. It does. I mean, it's not that big. Uh... Like, it's not a huge box. But I mean, like, it's not a box. Like, it's got French, like... So imagine the the French door fridges where, like, you have the two doors that open outward on top and then the drawer on the bottom. What? You, you've seen those fridges. Yes. A French door fridge and the freezer's on the bottom. Yes. So this is how this, this box opens. That's why I'm, like, sitting there, I'm like, that. I'm trying to think, like, the typical, like, cabinet. And then it was like, you said that, and I'm like, wait... Why'd I do it to a Hold cabinet? Hold on. I have a picture to send to you. <laughs> Just... The, now that I see it, it bothers me more. <laughs> so it's it's not... I mean, it's a cabinet, but it's mostly like... The size... It's like just big enough to put a, a couple of bottles of wine in. But it's definitely a box. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a box. It just doesn't We're out of school close now. like a normal box. You don't have school tomorrow? Nope, it's just, they just, I just got the message. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I was, like, sitting um, here, like, looking at it, like, look at the box still, and then it was just like, teachers, we will not, and I'm like, that's all I need to see, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so, this box did not come from Poland. It was purchased in Spain by a woman who did survive the Holocaust, and... It's actually a really sad story. So this woman, her name is Havela. She was born and raised in Poland. She was married. She had two kids. And then the Nazis came and they got separated into the concentration camps. 
and her entire family was killed. Except for her. God. And I do believe that she did it, or, yeah, so I think a couple of her cousins escaped as well, but, like, her husband and her children were killed by the Nazis. Um, and so she escaped with some other prisoners from the concentration camp that she was in, and they fled to Spain, and she had, like, three items that she owned. Uh, it was, there was, like, a sewing box and a trunk, like, a steamer trunk and this wine cabinet. Those were the three belongings that she owned when she immigrated to the U.S. So she escaped to Spain, and then she came to the U.S. and started over. So she got married again. She raised a family because she had grandchildren. Um, but I guess... Um, it's a little cloudy about, like, how the spirit that is contained within the box came to be. So, seances were very popular, I guess, in other countries in Eastern Europe during the time of World War II. And Havela and some of the people that she escaped with, one of whom is supposedly her cousin Sophie, who also immigrated to the States with her. They had made a makeshift Ouija board and tried to summon a spirit to help the Allies fight against the Nazis. But instead, they think that they summoned an evil spirit, and this spirit haunted them because it was trying to convince them to fully allow it to enter the physical world by, like, attaching to one of them, I assume. Um, and they wouldn't let it, because they were like, no, 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 this is not the kind of spirit that we were trying to summon. So we can't let it cross over, essentially. And so what Havela did is she purposely uh, sealed this dibic. she purposely sealed it, into this wine cabinet that she acquired when she was in Spain. Later on, Sophie does tell some researchers that were looking into the origins of this box. Uh, Sophie does say that Havela felt responsible for a lot of the evil that happened in the world after World War II. Like the Korean War, uh, some of the other massacres that happened, she feels responsible because she feels like this evil spirit was so mad that he just, like, floated around the world and, like, caused a bunch of havoc. So whether or not that that's what she truly believed, we'll never know, because Havela died in 2000 or 2001, but she was 103 years old. Oh, my gosh. She lived a long life. Of being, um, you know, sad <laughs> about thinking... Yeah. It, I- can you um, you gotta be down bad to think that you what you did definitely made things worse for everybody else when you right. when you were trying to do something good. I can imagine like yeah. the Korean War breaks out. Oh my god, it's my fault. And I'm like, but the war doesn't even involve anything you did. You know what? But I can. S- but she felt that way apparently. Yeah, but I I can understand. You know, first of all, she was playing with fire anyway. When you said makeshift Ouija board. I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Here comes the foolishness. Because at first, like, makeshift was like, all right, you have, you don't got it aligned right. So you're going to do some BS anyway. 
Granted, I'm not yeah. touching a Ouija board, even if Jordan paid me, but still. I mean, Jordan wouldn't touch a Ouija board. Right, just, just making sure now. I'm not stupid. Look, you just gotta make sure, like, because, like, we already know you're overly curious about some things anyway. Like, it might be the one. I'm curious enough to read and research, and what I researched is you don't play with those things. All right, just, look, look. just making sure. Just, you gotta always be Nothing sure. Nothing good ever comes out of it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's just what her cousin said, uh, to the people that were trying to research the box and figure out more about it. Uh, and supposedly this, like, makeshift Ouija board that they made, uh, Sophie stitched letters into, like, a scarf or, like, a piece of cloth. So it's basically, like, a cross-stitch Ouija board. (laughs) I didn't say what they used as a planchet, but... I did read an article that said that she made it out of, like, a cross-stitch kit, like, or something like that. So, that's interesting, and no wonder you didn't summon who you were supposed to summon. Um, but I'm not victim-blaming here. We're just gonna move on. <laughs> not victim-blaming. You were trying to help. Your intentions were good. Unfortunately, this evil spirit's intentions are always bad. Yeah, it's, so. it's like, it's like, you... You yourself had good intentions, just just the thing you were going to do was going to lead to bad regardless. Right, yeah. So, after Havela sealed this Dybbuk into this wine cabinet, she protected it and literally until the day she died. And she had a will, like in her will, it was written that she wanted to be buried with this box. <laughs> because she didn't want anybody opening it. And, unfortunately, that went against uh, traditional Jewish burial rules, so her wishes were not followed. And that is where our story really takes off. So, a man named Kevin Manis, he owned a furniture refinishing shop in the early 2000s. He went to an estate sale. And this estate sale was for the estate of Havella, and he purchased her wine cabinet. Havella's granddaughter approaches him and starts to kind of tell Kevin about his purchase. She tells Kevin that her grandmother always kept the box closed and out of reach. She warned her children and her grandchildren to never open the box, ever. And so, essentially, that's what the granddaughter was doing. She was like, hey, I see you've bought this box. Here are the rules. Don't open it. Don't ever open it. And Kevin was like, excuse me? And she was like, listen, it's been in my family for a very long time. It belonged to my grandmother. She said never, never to open it. And it was, like, very important to her. And Kevin was like, well, it seems like this is, like, a family heirloom type thing. Like, are you sure you want to sell it? Like, I'll give it back to you. And then this granddaughter, like, got very upset and started causing a scene and was like, no, 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 you purchased it. You purchased it. You have to take it. And, like, got very defensive and was just being really weird. So he took the box and he left. <laughs> um. So Kevin brought 
or he originally bought the cabinet to restore with the intention of giving giving it to his mother for her birthday. Um, he takes the box to his shop and he left to do some errands. And while he was gone, his cashier was in charge of the store. And while he was out, I think it was like a half hour later, um, his cell phone rings and his cashier was just absolutely hysterical. Uh, she told him that there was someone in the workshop downstairs. They were breaking glass and just tearing up the place, and that she was locked in, and she couldn't get out. Um, she said that the iron security gates and the emergency exits were all locked from the outside, and she couldn't get out. Uh -oh. um, so Kevin, I assume he told her to call the police, or I at least hope she called the police, but either way, Kevin... Tries to call the police, but then his phone mysteriously dies, or maybe he forgot to charge. I don't know. Those were, like, he probably had, like, a Nokia phone, and those things were, like, they could go for days on one charge, so I don't know. True. And they were indestructible. Yeah, and they were indestructible. Um, but none, nevertheless, he said he tried to call the police, and his phone mysteriously died, and so he just, like, raced back to his store, and when he got there... Um, he did find that the iron gates were locked from the outside, so he had to unlock them to go inside. And he found his cashier sobbing on the floor in a corner in his office. Um, so he ran down to the basement where his workshop was, and he, like, got to the bottom of the stairs and was just literally punched in the face by this awful odor that he described as smelling like cat pee yeah. but he's never had any animals in the store so and it didn't smell like cat pee when he left it, okay so moving on um so he goes to turn the lights on and the lights won't turn on and this is because all of the light bulbs were broken mm -hmm. So that was the sound of the breaking glass that the cashier was hearing, but all nine incandescent light bulbs had been shattered in their sockets, and there were ten four-foot fluorescent tubes that were just, like, on the floor in pieces. Jesus. So all of the light bulbs were basically shattered out of the sockets like they they broke from the sockets um and kevin looked around he didn't find an intruder which he thought was odd because in order to escape the intruder would have had to go up the stairs that kevin had come down because all of the other exits were locked from the outside like he came in through the main entrance with the iron security gate and he had to let himself in and the emergency exits had all been locked from the outside, too, which he hadn't unlocked those. He only unlocked that one way in. And so, therefore, there was only one way a person could get out. And no one passed him. Um, so he goes back upstairs to talk to his cashier. But when he gets back up there, she ain't there. <laughs> and she never came back. Oh, my God. 
And to this day, she apparently refuses to speak about the incident. And as you can imagine, things only got worse from here. Just imagine like- they just continuously get worse. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna warn you now. They continuously. Oh my god! Just gonna imagine like you go up to the cash. No, gone. It says nothing. It's just like oh. Yep. Like she just was not there. She just left. She saw that you know he was downstairs dealing with whatever was down there, and the door was open, and out she went. Girl peeled out. She's uh, like oh, he doing some? Not my problem. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Kevin didn't associate this weird incident with the box. I mean, it's only the first time something like this has happened, so he's not gonna, like, connect the dots automatically, you know? Um, but he decides to go ahead and restore the box as planned. Well, he starts to, anyway. So, he opens the box. After being told not to. Hold on. Quick question. I mean, uh-huh. actually, never mind. I know the answer to that question, but I'm going to double check. What ethnicity is Kevin? Uh, he's white. Yeah, no, no, no. Just want to double check. Because <laughs> someone tells me not to do something. First of all, I wouldn't have bought the dang thing anyway. After, like, they would have been like, hey, you know, there's something in there. Oh. Hey, can, um, can, you can take this back. That's how that conversation went in. I would, even, I probably would have even left it. Like it would have been a whole game changing. And I probably should have said that earlier, but I was just sitting there like thinking. I was like, all right, maybe I'm gonna give him a chance. And then I was like, and he kept going. At least he finally opened the box. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no way he's yeah. not. <laughs> no, he opens it. So I've already kind of explained how the 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 bo- what the box looks like and how the doors work. So when you open the doors, the drawer does open as well. They're all connected. So, and, like, you can watch uh, videos on it. It's been on uh, Paranormal Witness. It's been on uh, Ghost Adventures. Uh, It's currently in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum right now. Um, And so, like, you can watch those videos and, like, it gets opened. And, like, you can see how it, like, works when you open it. Because it's hard to describe, but it literally is, like, you open the doors and the drawer comes open as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cabinet was not empty when Kevin opened it. Inside, he found a 1928 U.S. wheat penny. Uh, a 19... 19- 56 wheat penny i think think there was two pennies i read several different articles and one only several only referenced the 1928 wheat penny but then several others said that there was a second one um so i'm not quite sure but he did find a 1928 u.s wheat penny he found a small lock of blonde hair that was bound with string a small lock of dark hair bound with string a granite statue engraved with the Hebrew word shalom, a dried rosebud, a golden wine cup, and a strange cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. Everything else sounded kind of normal except for that part. Really? I found the locks of hair kind of weird. I mean, look, it's old. Who knows how they got in it? But the octopus legs kind of stick out to me. Yeah, it was really weird. It is 
This candlestick is described as with octopus legs in every single article. See? Exactly. That's the thing that sticks out. Yeah, but I couldn't find any pictures of it to, like, really be like, are they really octopus legs or are they just, like, those weird curvy legs on a candlestick? Like, are we talking, like, Lumiere here or or what? But I really couldn't find any good pictures of it to, like, maybe come up with a better description. So we're just going to go with what Kevin wrote. Um, so Kevin took these things, these items out of the box and put them in a different box because he was intending on returning the items to the family, uh, but they refused to take them back and insisted that he put them back in the box because he shouldn't have opened it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he was finished with it, he put the items back in the box. Um, ultimately, he decided not to refinish the box because it was in really good condition. It was very well made. So he just cleaned it up. Uh, he, you know, polished it, kind of wiped it down on the inside, you know, just made it look nice, um, before he gave it to his mother for her birthday. Um, but while he was cleaning it, he found an inscription on the back of the cabinet, um, He says that he never got it translated, but later on, an owner said that it was the uh, Shema prayer, uh, which is a Jewish Jewish prayer. I didn't look up what the prayer is used for, but there apparently is a Hebrew inscription on the back of this cabinet. Um, So when he gifted the cabinet to his mother, she almost immediately suffered a stroke. (gasps) So she, like, touched it and, like, opened it, and he walked away to, like, take a phone call, and he turned around, and she, like, was unresponsive and, like, basically had a stroke and suffered partial paralysis and lost her ability to speak for a couple of months. Man, I almost killed his mom. <laughs> uh, so she can speak fine now, because there's a, a YouTube video where she gets interviewed about the box. Um... But when she was in the hospital the next day, like, she couldn't speak. And so she communicated using a letter board where she would point to the letters and spell out words. Uh, And so Kevin had asked her when she, like, when he came to visit her uh, how she was doing. And she spelled out N-O-G-I-F-T. Okay. So no gift. And Kevin was just like, oh, maybe she doesn't remember, you know, being at the shop and, like, me giving her her gift. So he goes to explain to her, and he's like, no, Mom, like, I gave you your birthday present. Um, did you, you know, the wine cabinet, do you remember the wine cabinet? And she, like, furiously shakes her head no, and then spells out H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T. Hate gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. And once again... Kevin just finds this funny, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't like the gift. Well, if you promise to get better soon, I'll buy you whatever you want. Um, Because he still hadn't associated anything with this cabinet. He's fired. <laughs> Did you say he's fired? He's fired. <laughs> um, I mean, he really should have been, because uh, he still continuously just tries to give it away. So his mom did want it. So he gave the box to his sister. 
And she had it for a week before giving it back. Uh, She claimed that the doors wouldn't stay shut and kept popping open on their own. There's no springs in the box, like in the doors. They don't spring open. Um, So then Kevin gifted the cabinet to his brother. His brother only had it for three days. uh, And when he returned it to Kevin... Kevin's brother claimed that the box smelled like jasmine flowers to him, but his wife said all she could smell was cat pee. Uh, So I'm just going to insert a little fun fact here. Uh, Jasmine does smell like cat pee to some people. (laughs) So like real jasmine flowers. And I think that's really interesting because I hate jasmine tea. Like, I hate the way it smells. It doesn't smell like cat pee to me, but it's not a pleasant smell. And I don't like the way jasmine flowers either smell either. I don't like jasmine scented perfumes, anything. I don't like the way it smells. It doesn't smell like cat pee to me, but it, like, a lot, like, over half the people that, I don't want to say half, but, like, in scientific experiments, there was a lot of people that specifically was like, no, this smells like cat urine to me. It doesn't smell like flowers. So, that's, that's, that's interesting, and it's significant, um, so remember that. Okay, that's significant. Um, yeah, so, Kevin's brother smelled jasmine flowers, but Kevin's brother's wife could only smell cat pee. Well, then... I just don't understand how mom, like, how did mom get, like, the worst, like, everything else, everybody's gotten something that's, like, manageable, and it's not even close. Mom, like, touched the dang thing and got bodied. I don't know. I think it picks and chooses who it attacks. My mother? Physically in that way. Like, physically in that way. Yeah, I would have... I would have gone crazy. Like, just like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna attack your mom. It's like, burn the box. <laughs> Burns the box. I'll take my chances. Like, no, you let the evil spirit out. Mm, too bad, it's not in that box anymore. Look. <laughs> oh, okay, hold that thought. Um... Okay, so after Kevin's brother gives him back the box, what does Kevin do? He gives it to his girlfriend. Oh my god. Again. (laughs) Um, His girlfriend had it for a day. Like, maybe two days. Before she demanded that Kevin sell it. Like, it was, it was just like a get rid of it. Um, so he sells it to a nice middle-aged couple who brought it back after three days. Like, legit brought it to the shop and left it in front of the doors. Like, they just dropped it off. They didn't want their money back. But they did leave a note. And the note said, this has a bad darkness. And then take a guess at what he does next. Tries to sell it again. No. What does he do now? He brings it home. What? At this point, he's trying. Like, he, he, there's no way in any universe that a normal person would just be like, you know what? You know what? It nearly killed, like, well, first of all, he didn't believe, you know, it did something to his mom. And then it's like his brother brought like, oh, it smells funny. It's like, oh, and all of a sudden, he'll be like, you know what? Okay, that makes sense. I can accept that. That one's not as weird. There's like his sister's like, ah. his girlfriend's like, you need to sell this now. I'm like, Look, man, you and the whole two people. 
gives it to an elderly couple, and they give it back in two days. They don't even bring it back to you. They just drop it off. And it's like, this has bad juke, like, bad energy. I'm just like, you know what? I wouldn't even have brought I would have just been like, you know what? We're going to find the nearest hole and just dump it. But, no, my man's like, hey, you know what? They tripping. I'm going to take it to the house. No! Like, he is trying at this point to be, like, blind to it. Yeah, well, he was just asking to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you can imagine... Things got even worse. Oh, I don't believe you. I mean, I honestly don't know how he can say that because, like, I feel like his mom having a stroke is worse than anything else that happens, but he says that things just got worse. Um, so since the day that he brought it home, he started having a really strange and terrifying nightmare. So in this dream, he would be walking with a friend. So, like, like his best friend or someone that he knew really well and he trusted. And at some point in the dream, he is looking into the eyes of that person uh, while they're walking. And then at, and then all of a sudden he realizes that there's something different and like the eyes of this person are evil and this isn't actually like his friend. And, um, and then like at the point in the dream where he realizes that the person he thinks he's, like, that's not the person that he thinks he's looking at. The person he's walking with changes into what he says that he can only describe as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that he's ever seen. And then this hag proceeds to beat the living tar out of him. And then every time he wakes up from this dream... He finds bruises and scratches and marks on himself where the hag supposedly, like, beat him or hit him in the dream. Man's taking L's in the dream and in real life. And then, about a month after he brought it home, uh, his sister and then his brother and his sister-in-law, so, like, his sister came and then his brother and his brother's wife came and they stayed at his house. And the following morning, uh, they were having breakfast, and his Kevin's sister complained that she had had this really bad nightmare. And she starts to explain it to him, and, you know, she was like, it's really weird because I remember having this dream a couple of times before, um, and then she describes the nightmare to him, and it's literally the exact same dream that Kevin has been having. Um, like, she describes it to the very last detail about waking up with, like, the same bruises and the marks and, like, they're walking with a person that they trust and that they love and is a good friend and then all of a sudden they're, like, there's something wrong and then it, like, morphs into a hag. Um, and then Kevin's brother and his wife freeze as they're, like, listening to Kevin's sister, like, relay this story because both Kevin's brother and Kevin's brother's wife had the exact same dream. Yeah, and so, like, apparently all four of them had the same dream the night that they all stayed in Kevin's house. And then as they were, like, talking about it, they all came to realize that they were having those dreams when they had the box at their house. Uh. So, like, they had all had the dreams before, and they, like, realized that it was when the box was, like, at their house. 
But then when they all stayed at Kevin's house, they all had the same dream again because they were all in the same house with the box. So he says that as they talked, it became clear that the common denominator was the cabinet. Um, so Kevin calls his girlfriend and he asked if she could remember having any nightmares recently. And so she does end up describing the same nightmare, the hag, everything. Um, and she was like, the only nightmare that like I remember having, you know, anytime recently was you know, this one where I was walking with this person and it turned into a hag and then it beat the living tar out of me and blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, when was this? And she was like, I don't know. The thing that I'm, that I got all my notes from is technically an eBay post that Kevin put up when he was selling the box. Um, and so he basically just like wrote the entire story. Um, so when Kevin calls his girlfriend, he asked her, if she remembered the date when she had the nightmare and she said that she didn't. She was like, I don't remember. Um, and then he asked if it happened to be the night before she gave me the cabinet back to sell. And she was like, yeah, how did you know that? I guess. I don't know. That doesn't really, I don't know. It seems really convenient to me, but nonetheless, everybody that had this cabinet in their house had this dream with the hag that was beating them up. Um, so since that family discussion, it, it kind of seemed like all hell was breaking loose for Kevin. Uh, he says that the week after he started seeing shadow figures out of his peripheral vision, um, there were numerous people that had come to visit him or that were inside of his house, uh, claiming that they had seen you know, movement from the corner of their eyes or, like, a weird shadow that, like, darted into one room or darted out of a room. Um, so he ends up putting the cabinet outside in a storage unit, and one night he gets woken up because the smoke alarm in that unit was going off in the middle of the night. So he goes outside to see what was burning, and he couldn't find anything. Like, nothing was burning. There was no smoke. There was no smell. Like, there was no smell of smoke. But when he opened the door to the storage unit that the cabinet was in, he got a very strong odor of cat pee. <laughs> Again. And he's like, I don't have cats. I don't have animals. I don't have pets. I've never had a pet. I've never had cats. Why does my, why do, why do I keep getting hit with this random smell of cat pee, essentially? And then he goes back inside, and the smell of cat pee was in his house, too. So, he goes back outside, and he grabs the cabinet. Uh, he brought it back inside and started to research it, uh, on the internet. In the early days of the internet, so I don't know how helpful it was. But... Apparently, he fell asleep uh, while he was, like, at his computer, and he had the same nightmare. And he woke up uh, at about 4.30 a.m. because he felt like someone was breathing on his neck. And when he woke up, his house smelled like jasmine flowers instead of cat pee. Mm -mm. Like, apparently, like, there was, like, a very, like, big distinction between the cat pee and he's like oh now i don't hate this smell but it's different than the normal smell of my house 
So, like, he wakes up, he smells jasmine flowers, and then he sees a huge shadow figure just walk down the hallway away from him. Because he woke up because he felt like somebody was breathing on his neck. It smells like flowers, specifically jasmine flowers. And then he sees something, like, walk away from him and go down the hallway. Good gracious. So, Always something. Yeah, and so he's like, after that, I've had it. Like, I'm done. That's what it took? Apparently. Um, so he was, like, so ready to just destroy this thing. But he didn't because he was like, I have no idea what I'm dealing with. I don't know what to do. Um, he's like, I don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I don't know what's attached to this box. I don't, like, he... I never really believed in this stuff before, so I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, now he tries to use logic. Yeah. Oh, boy. Everybody had... Oh, my God. It's like... Yeah, and so he was kind of afraid that if he destroyed the cabinet, that whatever was inside the cabinet would would attach to him. Like, if he destroyed it, it would need something else to be attached to. And he was like, I can't have, like, I want this thing gone. I'm already terrified. I'm finally, like, scared out of my mind. I don't want it to stay here with me. I don't want it attached to my house. I don't want it attached to me. Um, so he had been told that there were people who, like, shop and sell these kinds of things on eBay. And they understand these things. And they look specifically for items like this that, like, have some sort of, like, supernatural being attached to them or they have weird effects on people. So, he lists the cabinet for sale on eBay. This is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so he posts the cabinet for sale on eBay. Um, he posted it and he didn't have any minimum bid. He was just like, please take this damn cabinet. Please. <laughs> like... I don't care if you want it for free. I don't care if you want to pay me $1,000 for it. Just take it. Um, but he does put all of the items that were found in the cabinet back into the cabinet in the exact same way that he found them in the cabinet. Um, and so apparently a bunch of people emailed him and, like, were asking him questions about the box. Um... And he's like, I can't answer everybody's emails individually, so I'm just going to edit this post and I'm going to answer the, like, most common ones. And so he says, no, I'm not religious. No, I do not wish, nor have I ever participated in any sort of exorcism, case study, or photo sessions at my home. Uh, no, I will not sell any of the individual pieces. Everything has to be sold together. Um, no, I don't speak Hebrew, so, like, I don't actually understand what any of these words are. Um, and so he held an auction, and the person who won the auction, uh, was a college student. I do not know why he decided to purchase this item, but his roommate said that, like, he was obsessive, like, he was watching the bids excessively. Mm-hmm. Or obsessively, and then like his roommates left, and when they came back, he had bought the cabinet. Uh, when it was sold, Kevin's like, "Okay, so you've won this auction. Now I have to make sure that 
you're not stupid and that you understand that this box is haunted. Um, but he, like, discloses everything that's happened to him with this box. Uh, you can't, don't open the box, but here's the items that are in the box. They need to stay in the box. Don't open the box. Here's what I was told by the granddaughter of this person that owned, that, you know, bought the box in Spain and all this other stuff. Um, and so he just, like, rids his hands of it, okay? So then, uh, so this college student is referred to by a few different names. Um, I do think he is Jewish as well, but I'm going to call him Joseph. So, Joseph started, and it wasn't just Joseph, it was like Joseph and all of his roommates. But Joseph did have the worst of it. Uh, he experienced illness, extreme hair loss, like his hair was falling out in clumps. Uh, he was having weird dreams and nightmares. Uh, everybody was smelling horrible odors coming from the box. Um, all of the roommates uh, experienced really bad luck, like car trouble, electronics kept fritzing out and malfunctioning joseph his laptop like just completely died and he was forced to replace it um he joe or joseph also experienced insomnia and the light bulbs in the apartment would continuously burn out and they woke up several times to find bug infestations and the bugs were like on the walls and all over the box yeah that's where i'm like nope i'm done i'm out Mm -hmm. i can't i can't i was fine kind of i mean i still wouldn't ever buy this box but like i was fine and then there were bugs and then i was like "Mm, i don't like this um and like when i watched the movie the possession like that's the part that got me like i was completely fine in that movie until the bugs came out and then i was like i don't want to watch this anymore (laughs) that's what jordan taps out as the bug I don't, I don't do bugs. I don't like spiders. I don't like roaches. I don't like creepy crawlies at all. Um, okay. So, Joseph is a college student. And one of his roommates knew a professor at this college who was also, like, a museum curator. And so, like, I guess he was, like, one, like a guest professor or, like, a, just a member of the faculty that does, like, presentations. Um... But he was a museum curator, and his name was Jason Haxton. And the roommate, or Joseph's roommate, had told Haxton about this box that his roommate had bought. And Haxton became very interested in it. So he buys the box from Joseph. And again, well, I don't want to say again immediately, but Haxton display originally displays the box in the museum and so many employees complained of strange and frightening phenomena that he ended up having to take it home and the minute he brought it home he experienced weird illnesses Mm -hmm. uh he had welts and hives he started to cough up like a thick dark mucus sorry ain't no kind of but haxton he's a professor he's not dumb So, he even went as far as to test the box for, like, radiation or mercury or anything else that could, like, cause the physical symptoms that he was having. And all the tests were negative. Mm -hmm. 
And then he started to see strange lights. He was seeing shadow figures in his house and that had never happened to him before. Lights were going out and he would get like really, really angry if he was touching the box. Mm -hmm. So after a while of this phenomenon and he couldn't figure out like a, a scientific reason why this was going on, he started to do a little research on his own. So he got in contact with Kevin Manis and he talked to the other student for a little while and he got to a point where he was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this box is haunted. I have no idea what to do about it, but I can't just keep giving it, like I can't give it away. Something needs to be done to contain whatever is in this box or whatever is attached to this box. Like, we can't just keep poisoning people with this box. So, he consulted with rabbis, Kabbalists, Wiccans, and other paranormal professionals and researchers to come up with a plan of action. So, essentially, what he did is he was instructed to create or build a a box made out of um, acacia wood. What the wood? Acacia? Acacia? To the internet! I mean, that's that's the right... I just don't know how to say it. Like, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's A-C-A-C-I-A. Fun fact, this type of wood is supposedly what the Ark of the Covenant was made out of. Huh. So Haxton... Yeah, so Haxton built a an Ark, essentially, of this special wood and lined it with 24 karat gold. What? Yeah. I mean, that's technically how the Ark of the Covenant was made. If you believe the stories about the Ark of the Covenant. Still extra. I'm not going to look. So guys, I went and looked at seeing this wood. And I'm starting looking at it. Hey man, this wood on some stuff looking kind of fire. <laughs> looking kind of nice. I, I mean, might, it's interesting. Yeah, I might need to get this for my It's place. really. <laughs> it's it's not rare, but it's hard to get your hands on in the States. Yeah, we'll so it's it expensive. I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so Haxton crafts this, this box out of this special wood, lines it in 24 karat gold, and creates a vessel to put this haunted wine cabinet into. Um, and it became known, this, this vessel became known appropriately as the Dybbuk Box Ark, like the Ark of the Covenant, except instead of holding the original Ten Commandments, it contains an evil spirit that's attached to a wine cabinet from Spain. Haxton then buried the Ark, and it remained buried there until our least favorite paranormal investigator acquired it for his haunted museum in Las Vegas. (laughs) So he acquires it in, like, 2017, 2018. And it was on an episode of, like, Haunted Possessions or something like that, and then... He had, like, a spinoff show called Haunted Museum or something, but he did a live show in 2018 and was like, I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it. But then, like, he couldn't open it. Like, he touched the box and, like, got so scared he started crying. And he, like, him and his entire team were like, we feel like something is preventing us from opening this box. Like, not in an evil way, but they're like, something does not want us to open this box. And during that live show, they had a guest investigator. His name was Post Malone. Ah! 
So Zach touches the box and Post Malone touches Zach while Zach is touching the box. And then Post Malone now thinks he was cursed by the box because he said that after this, um, his plane almost crashed. He was in a car wreck and his house was broken into. And he is like, I've always been really interested in the paranormal and blah, 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 blah. But it's all over. There's so many articles about Post Malone's experience with this Dybbuk box. I think it's total, total bullshit, but that's just me. Excuse my French. Jordan does all the cussing for <laughs> We were, I, um, okay. So because of the pandemic, Zach filmed this four-part series called uh, Ghost Adventures Quarantine. And so, essentially, he locked himself and his crew members inside of his haunted museum to, like, investigate some items in his museum during this, like, widespread era of, like, fear and uncertainty. And so, he felt like that was going to be a good time to, like, investigate things that feed off of fear, essentially. So, I rewatched the episode pertaining to the Dybbuk box last night with uh, Thea and Melanie, and literally all we did was make fun of him. <laughs> but, I'm going to tell you what happened. Um, so, in the uh, Ghost Adventures Quarantine episode, it's episode four, where he actually really does open the Dybbuk box. We find out he has a second Dybbuk box. Um... Apparently there are 10. So come to find out, Havela or the people that summoned, the group of people that summoned this spirit, broke it up and basically created like a Horcrux situation from Harry Potter. Where like they broke it up and separated it into like different Dybbuk boxes. And there's like 10, apparently. <laughs> but like... That was only said on Ghost Adventures Quarantine, so I'm not sure how Accurate. true that is. Or if it's just, like, one like an element that was added to the story for, like, dramatic effect. I don't know. But Zach brings out a second Dybbuk box. And he opens the wine cabinet Dybbuk box and puts the smaller one on top of it. And... They're walking around and they're investigating and, like, Zach is, like, touching this second Dybbuk box and, like, is messing with the original Dybbuk box. And he gets, like, really angry and is, like, annoyed by everybody. And it was really funny because, like, he kept saying, like, I don't know why, but everything coming out of your mouth is really annoying to me right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm annoyed by everything you say. And immediately me and Theo were like, well, I'm annoyed by everything you say. <laughs> like, we were just roasting this poor guy. It was awesome. So he, like, becomes very despondent at one point, and they pulled out a spirit box, and they had the SLS camera out, too. And I've said this before. I don't trust the SLS camera. I don't think of that as a reputable piece of equipment to use in investigations, but it, they are very popular right now. Um, and I like the spirit box experiment, but I still don't find the spirit box all that trustworthy either. But... They have the SLS camera, 
in the spirit box and the spirit box is in a different room and it's with another one of his crew members and that crew member is listening to what's coming out of the spirit box without knowing what Zach and Aaron are doing around the Dybbuk box. And Zach is trying to entice Aaron to touch the box and Aaron's like, I don't need to touch this box. I respect it, but I'm not scared of it. I don't need to touch it. And Zach's like, well, if you're not scared of it, why don't you come over here and touch it? You know, just being a Zach. Um, Zach gets very angry and then he becomes very despondent and like Aaron's all mad now and they're kind of just like standing, standing around, kind of walking around. It gets really quiet. Zach has the SLS camera in his hand and he sits down in a chair and he sits down in a chair and him and Aaron kind of like say a few words together and then Aaron just like falls out on the floor. He just like passes out. And so his little mini DV is still rolling and the person who has the Dybbuk box is like, guys, this Dybbuk box just said, I'm going to effing kill you. Uh, so I said this Dybbuk box, but I actually meant the spirit box. So the other crew member is holding the spirit box and he hears the spirit box say, I'm going to effing kill you. Like, and then Zach is like, quit saying that. Like, don't say that. And then. The other dude's like, no, for real, like, this Dybbuk box, like, what did you do? Like, what did you do to the Dybbuk box? And, like, Zach kind of comes out of this, like, trance that he was in, I guess. And he sees Aaron on the floor, so he jumps up, and he's like, oh, my God, Aaron. And instead of saying, like, oh, my God, Aaron, are you okay? What's wrong? He's like, Aaron, what are you doing? And I'm like, bro, you just saw this person on the floor, and you're automatically going to be like, what are you doing? No, I'd be like... Are you okay? Is he breathing? What happened? Did he, like, die of fright? I don't know. Is he having a panic attack? I don't know. Essentially, we were we were roasting him about that, too. But Aaron comes to, and Aaron's like, I don't remember anything, and blah, 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 blah. And we're like, yeah, people black out before they faint. Like, that's normal. So, Aaron faints. Take from that what you will. Oh, um, yeah. But during the investigation, they did record uh, the investigation of the Dybbuk box. They did record children's laughter. So they recorded something that sounds like a kid laughing, like a little girl laughing. There were several sightings of the sh- of a shadow figure moving about. At, in the, it was always in someone's peripheral vision. And then they documented a weird mist that appears around the Dybbuk box. And apparently it manifested eyes and like Zach was like looking at it when this was happening and he like lost his shit. Like he went ape crazy. Like it was very dramatic. But since the Dybbuk box has been in his museum for a while, for a couple of years, a lot of people have reported that they see shadow figures. They get sick around the Dybbuk box they get very angry and agitated for no reason. Um, anyway, so the thing that made Zach's investigation in Ghost Adventures Quarantine different is because in the museum, the Dybbuk box is inside of, like, an airtight glass container. And so, obviously, he takes it, he takes the glass container off of it, and it's open to the air, and he's, like, walking around, and he's talking to it. He opens it, messes with the things inside of it, puts another Dybbuk box on top of it. <laughs> Like, he's doing all of this stuff to stir up activity because that's what he does. And then basically the only things that happen is is that 
he does the thing that he always does is he gets super mad for no apparent reason and then does something really stupid and yeah so that's the story of the dipping box <laughs> the way it ended they just in really like, stupid uh, and yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i mean honestly like that's just zach bagans for you but it, I, there was like some other stuff that he talked about because he called Kevin Manis and they were talking about it. And I don't know how accurate those things were. So, like, I didn't add them in. Um, but, I mean, like, it literally was just 45 minutes of him, like, running around his museum being dramatic. Like, nothing that they record. The only thing that they recorded that were different than all of the other reports were was the voice of the little girl, which honestly sounds like a cat meowing to me. But whatever. I just thought, I mean, that's also interesting because a lot of people smell cat pee. So, is there, is it, is does, it, does the spirit change into a cat? I don't know. But you were also, like, agitating it and provoking it. So, like, what did you expect to happen? But then they caught that mist. And the mist really does show up on camera. I didn't see it manifest eyes. But, like, the mist came out of nowhere, and they're in a arid place. Like, they're in Las Vegas. So, like, it's not normal for, like, a mist just, like, pop up in the middle of a room. Yeah, it's, it's an awkward ending, because, like, it literally just ends there. Like, it's still there at the museum. It's still on display. You have to sign a waiver before you go into his museum, saying that, like, anything that happens as a result of anything you say, did, or touched in this museum is not his fault. He apparently has, like, a haunted rocking chair in the museum too and that's also where peggy the doll is nope Um, Uh -uh. Uh -uh. nope (laughs) (laughs) so you're telling me i can't cover peggy the doll it's fine it's okay you just won't go see her with me like i don't have a choice well i mean you do you don't want to go it's fine you don't let your wife go by herself places well, hold on. I wasn't going to go by myself. I was going to take Melanie. You don't let... <laughs> you don't let your wife and her friends go by themselves to haunted places. You can do whatever else you want on your own. I Look, I feel like for the point of the podcast, I think it'll make a good story based off how I would react. That's I- true. I'm going to have to, like, buy a GoPro and, like, tape it to my head so I can get your reactions for all of this. <laughs> That'll be the first time I'm like, you're like, hey, what is that? Do I'm gonna turn around your hands? Oh, and you gotta like, yeah, here's the little beep go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know that I would go into Peggy the doll's room though because I don't know. It's one of those things where like the cl- it's the same thing with the Dybbuk box. Like the claims are just so consistent, but they're so bizarre. It's like. Is it, re- like, you want to know, is it real or not? But then you're also like, is it worth it? Because yeah. it's like, Robert's I don't want to get cursed. No, Robert's in Florida. That's okay, that's what it is. I was like, I said, oh. Yeah. Well. But there's also another haunted doll named Harold, and he's supposedly the most haunted doll. That ain't it, Chief. Harold, Harold can stay where he at. Uh, Zach Bagans did something really stupid with Harold the doll, too. He took Harold the doll to the haunted island of the dolls, which I haven't covered yet. Because dolls freak me out. The, the crazy thing is, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, and it shouldn't. 
But I'm like, that is dumb. But in the back of my mind, I was like, hey, but why does it make some kind of sense? I, I have no idea. But there is a Ghost Adventures episode on the Island of the Dolls, and it's in Mexico or some... No, I'm pretty sure it's like in Mexico. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I want to cover that. But like I said, dolls freak me out. But at the same time, I'm also like strangely fascinated with Peggy the doll. <laughs> Even though like I don't know that I would go into her room at the museum just because like I don't want to accidentally get like cursed or something in case it in case that kind of stuff is real. But it also could just be like a matter of perception, in which case I'm already cursed. Ooh. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. It's like, in that case, I'm already cursed. I'm like, oh. I mean, if you think about it. Oh my god. I'm not even 30, and I have like five chronic illnesses and walk around like an 80 year old who's in pain all the time. It's, yes, but then also you like walk with. Her, she gets mad sometimes because I, I, I tend to walk a little too slow. But like. She walks with a purpose at the same time. Like, it could be, she'll either walk around, like, a little slow and up, but if she needs something, it's just, like, zero to 100. I'm on a mission. And it, guys, when I tell you, it's hilarious, because it's, like, Jordan's got, Jordan's put the call first. But, um, but also it's just, like, do-do-do-do-do-do. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't, I want to sit down, so I have to finish what I'm doing fast so I can sit down. <laughs> But it's, it's so funny to, like, watch, because it is, like, it's, like, it's just, like, you just see, and, like, it somehow manages to avoid people. Like, they barely ever get in the way. There could be a crowd, and but then by the time she gets there, they've dissipated enough to where she can fit without having to say excuse me. And I'm just, like, I've never seen anything like it, and it's borderline hilarious. It's my, it's my intimidating aura. Look, I'm just saying, it may, it may, uh, I mean, true. It did make some people, like, you know, quit, but I'm just like, it's mm-hmm. it's a thing, and it's a wonderful thing to watch, but it's just like, what is happening? Maybe that'll be enough to keep demons and ghosts from possessing me. Probably. They'll be like, what is it? No, no, you'll probably, like, say something and cling on. They're like, not feeling that. Going somewhere Oh, else. my God. <laughs> so, speaking of auras protecting me from ghosts there was a there's a point in the episode of uh ghost adventures quarantine with the divic box where zach goes to like approach the box and he's like my shield will protect me oh my and we just lost it we were just like you're what i don't think you have one of those bro you walked into the 200 demon house and almost went blind excuse me like oh yeah i haven't told you about that place yet it's like like that place scared Zach Bagan so bad he bulldozed it. Like he bought it so he could bulldoze it and destroy it. I just the two hundred demon house, and it's just like I'm gonna buy it so I can destroy it. Me, I'm just not. Well, he bought it so he could like investigate it, and then he investigated it and almost went blind and said nope, and then he bulldozed it. Was Jordan would be like, hey, before this happened. I wish Jordan would have been like, hey, you want to go visit the 200 demon house? Excuse me. <laughs> the how many demon house? 200. Ah, that's 200 too many. Okay. Um, 200 too many. It's like, it's, it's like, what do I get out of this? Like, will you get the experience? Nah. Nope. Uh-uh. End the story right then and there. 
it's okay. My 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 aunt would definitely go with you to some of these places also because that used to be like her big thing. Like she used to look up all these places. And there was like a place where like the forest, like you'd be fine in the daylight, but once like night that nighttime it is like the trees would kind of like curve over and it'd be like this. It'd be one way in and one way out, and I'm just like, she's like, I want to go to it. I'm like, you going by your dang self? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, she's like, you, you going by your dang self? She's like, you ain't gonna go with me. It's like, once you said there was only one way in, I was convinced that I was gonna die. She's like, cause no one your was... luck. We'll get down there. We'll get down there about two miles in. Car gonna stop working, and of course we're gonna know the way to get back. But it just ain't gonna feel right because. The, the forest is spread out where there's everything, but then when you get to some of the edges, the trees were, like, so packed together, like apparently so packed together, you weren't getting out that way. And I'm like, nah, that's just in, that's just letting me know there's something in the middle that doesn't want to get out. I'm like, mm-mm, nah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ross is like zombie deer. You're so funny. And, and, and the, I guarantee you someone's like, bro, you're being dramatic. I'm like, or am I not being dramatic enough? I was telling Melanie last night, I was like, we can't take Thea with us to any of these places because she's going to walk in and she's going to be like, hey, yo, demon, it's me, your girl. You're going to possess me or what? If you don't do it in the next five minutes, you're a pussy. And I hate that word. And I'm going to have to edit that out. But I don't think I've ever heard you say that. She's going to be, I, don't know how, I hate that word. I don't, I don't like I it. Word. I'm going to put some of the things I don't like that Jordan's ever done. And it's a list. Yeah. It's the list of one right now. <laughs> but and um, but she was just like, "Possess me. Can you do it? If you can't do it in the next five minutes, you're weak. You ain't real." And I'm over here like, "Is that the thing you say?" We not can't. We can't be doing that. We can't be doing that. We cannot be doing that. That is gonna make. I. I will leave. You can have fun doing that by yourself. Yeah, but in this like, house. isn't that the one thing you on said we don't do is provoke? Yes. And it's like, that is the key difference between me and Thea. Like, I mean, she doesn't believe in any of this anyway, but like, she's just that, well, I mean, you don't, (laughs) but like, she just would be that person. She's sarcastic. And so she's like, I don't believe in this. So what's the worst that could happen? So like, do something. Hey, she can, and then like, she goes, she takes, she's taking her own car. Because <laughs> if something happens, this happens. I like we're gonna be driving. She like some having a car trouble. I'm like, nah, don't stop. You did it to yourself. No, nope. keep going, yeah. keep going. Because the second we help, our car's gonna stop. And then it's gonna be like, look, now we're just two idiots stuck on the side of the road. I'll make sure she's got AARP. It's fine. <laughs> they can get haunted with her. It's fine. <laughs> it becomes someone else's problem. Yep. <laughs> they gonna come help. We can't find nothing wrong with your vehicle, but I'm going to try this. And then their car stops. It's like, um, this is a problem. I'm like, I'm to tell you. There's just going to be a chain of, like, broken down <laughs> vehicles on the highway. And then gonna, there's going to be that one person that's going to know. And it's like, ah, this happened to that other person about about a year ago. Let me guess. You went to the... And then it's going to be like, yep. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, but you're going to get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no fixing this car. Yeah, it's like... The rest of you, all y'all gonna have to get new cars. Yeah, it's like it's like except for you, for whatever reason, yours you're like you should have learned your lesson because you helped with the other thing. And I was like, I thought this was different. 
<laughs> yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. She she got it going on. She'll look. She'll probably mess around. Look at like Robert the doll. Not ask to take his picture and take a picture with him. He'll get upset, and I'll be like, "Nah, fam, you don't." I'm not taking her in that museum. I certainly ain't taking her around Peggy the doll. She can go look at the Jack Kevorkian van while we go look at everything else. There we go. She also got really mad when I told her that he has memorabilia from, like, Charles Manson. And she was like, why do people get to capitalize off of objects and things from serial killers because you're just making money off of other people's trauma and it turned into this whole thing that I completely agree with and I don't think it should be right to have things like that in a museum for somebody to somebody to make money off of that doesn't go towards the victims or like prison rehabilitation programs like i totally get it but Look, we'll just we'll just steer her towards the jack kevorkian van because everybody that died in that van wanted to die so i don't think it's haunted i'm still thinking about everything else it's like why do people get the capitalized it's like look humans have been like that for generations i don't think it's going to change anytime soon it's really not but i mean like like i still don't I still don't think it should be legal for him to have a severed head. Yeah, that is definitely weird. But uh, there's probably some extra funds that go in the line. Probably. I don't know. He's He he might be a big old doofus, but he's got some connections. And he's got he's to gotta fund his obsession for acid-washed jeans somehow. So. But it's just like... Like I said, it's been like for generations. Like when people killed Bonnie and Clyde, they went in. They went in like just like took pieces of hair, got stuff of their like piece of their clothes that were soaked with their. It was just like, and they just held on to it. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah, I mean the same thing happened with the Velisca axe murders. The same thing happened with the Christmas uh, family murder. Well, their their name wasn't Christmas, but on Christmas, this entire family was killed by their father. And then he, well, not the entire family, the eldest son survived. But, like, they didn't block off the house. And, like, the uncle just or started charging people to go into this house that this entire family was murdered in. And they were, like, taking pieces of wood and, like, pieces of a cake that were left out. I mean, humans have always been in, interested in the macabre and strangely entertained by gruesome things. It's, I, I guess it's just in our nature. It's just a natural curiosity that we we need to experience i mean people love being scared because they love that rush of adrenaline that it gives them that's why horror movies are so successful so people are weird man yeah and i can't say anything about it because i'm one of them i don't watch scary movies but i have a fascination with the paranormal and you know that kind of stuff so like i, I can't judge anybody for for liking the other things i mean you could but <laughs> I mean, I could, but it wouldn't be right. But people are just, they're crazy and they're attracted to really weird crap. See, this is definitely, That's all I have to say. This is definitely true. But we are just under the two hour mark. So uh, I think we should call it. That's a, that's a personal best. Yeah. That might be a personal best. Well, maybe it won't take me seven hours to edit this time. I mean, true. We also didn't like shoot the breeze for like 45 minutes this time. <laughs> It was like, yeah, because I'm tired, and I was like, we need to get to the story so I can, like, eat and take a bath and play Genshin, because I'm tired. I definitely understand. Oh, I'm going to disappoint you. You know that quest you were helping me with? You still haven't finished it. Oh, I don't know how to get to the last thing. 
I was just like trying forever, and I'm sorry, I don't like to look stuff up. And I'm like, it's so high, and I can't find anything to blow it up with. You, okay, I will show you how to do it. Or I will explain how to do it when we get on later. Moth is probably so. going to either, oh wait, you can take your time. I'm going to probably finish off these wings that I have, because I definitely was invited to go to Buffalo Wild Wings before things like got cold and got a little bad. Oh, guess what I found by my apartment? What? I found a B-dubs. That's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, I saw it and I immediately was like, I'm going to tell him that this is here. <laughs> and that's all he's going to need to hear. That's, that's it. That's all I needed. Even though I, we st- I still plan to go other places, I just need to know that my comfort food will be there. Just in case there's that mm-hmm. one day I'm just not feeling anything. Okay. So we're going to call it a night and we hope you guys have a better week than the week that I had this week. <laughs> not that it was extremely bad, but let's not be falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, Cause we can't, that's, you can't, we can't be doing it. Don't, don't be like that. I mean, her week is bad. Mine's only bad because of like school and sports stuff, but I'd rather, you know, deal with what we dealt with on Tuesday than fall asleep at the wheel. Like I'll, I'll openly watch a team hit 14 three-pointers, a high school team hit 14 three-pointers, then fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah. So have a good week, and happy Lunar New Year, even though this is late, because <gasps> Lunar New Year was on Tuesday. And I was on the 1st of February this year, but it go, it's like a week-long celebration, so we're fine. Also, also, since we, cause we, we do every other week, there's going to be new- No. Uh, since, like, there's going to be a new episode next week. A new episode next There's week? There's going to be no episode next week. Oh, no episode next week. Yeah. No, there won't be an episode. But. No. But. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will edit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I should I should have had no lead up to it. I should have just did it. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway. You realize that I edit these episodes. I'm going to like. I have total control over what goes in and what doesn't. <laughs> All you gotta leave in is that Jordan's birthday is a week from now when we're recording, and she doesn't want to be a big deal, and I have forced it to be a big deal. She probably she she probably dislikes me for it, but will never openly tell me. But you know, oh, I have already openly told him. Well, not like an extreme, like like all seriousness. She's like, how did this happen? Because it went from I told her it was gonna become a big deal, and then suddenly. Everybody's asking about her birthday. And I'm just like, I spoke into existence. I was like, you're fighting a losing battle when it comes to me. Yeah, so I ended up just like posting on Facebook and was like, I don't want a birthday present, but if you're going to get me something, donate to my dog fund. <laughs> but I, I don't celebrate my birthday for several reasons. Yeah, and, and she has like legitimate reasons not to want to celebrate her birthday, but I'm just like, I don't want to always be seen as those reasons. So I'm like, I pulled out all the stops. Like I already told her I got part of her gift. Even though I'd had to get her nothing, but I'm like, she'll either enjoy this, she'll enjoy it anyway, because I took, I took extreme measures to make sure it would be okay. <laughs> and now I'm anxious because I don't like surprises. Yeah, and I won't tell her what it is. <laughs> and I feel... That's okay. My princess curtain came in the other day, so that's what I'm going to do. Which which explains, it just explains so much, because, uh, you know, I married the princess out of all the systems. Yep. And 
and I'm not ashamed. I might be 28, but uh, I have a pink princess room, and I don't. I'm not ashamed. There's nothing to be ashamed about. You remember once once Dad called you the little princess. There was there was nothing. That's all it took. It only took 21 years. And he and it, it's, for it to come out of his mouth, but once it did, he couldn't take it back. The worst part was he knew he messed up once he said it too. Oh yeah, he did. He was like, "Damn it!" Like, remember? Okay. It's his fault. But anyway. Yep. Okay. Let's let her get her stuff so we can play Genshin and I can eat. Yes. So we love you, and tell Jordan. Happy I think birthday. we named you guys the Oddling. No, do not tell. Do not tell me Happy Birthday. We named you the Oddlings, so I'm going to bid you good night. Good night. You can find us on Twitter at A Earful, capital A E. We are not on Instagram as of yet, but you can find Jordan on Instagram and Twitter at perfectly underscore wild with an E, and me, DQ, on Twitter at D A Q U I N T O N, capital A, N D E R S, so it's the Quentin Anders, and DQ04 on Instagram. Our Facebook is a fearful earful, all one word, and you can email us your creepy stories or topic suggestions at a fearful earful pod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, the best way to support the show is to leave us a review on iTunes, share with everyone you know, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. A Fearful Earful was created by me, Jordan Anderson, with co-host DQ Anderson. All A Fearful Earful art was created by Gerilyn Anderson, my sister, and music is by One Wave, licensed through Premium Beat.